When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. We're joined here by James Johnson from the Jacksonville Jaguars USA Today Wire, and we appreciate having him on to give us some insight here into the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Dolphins play the Jaguars this Sunday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The Dolphins 7 and 7, the Jaguars 4 and 10 this year. We don't really know a, a lot of our listeners don't know a whole heck of a lot on a deep dive with the Jaguars, so this is what this segment is all about. James, uh thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. You bet. And you can follow James on Twitter at sportsgrind underscore Don. That's sportsgrind underscore Don. So, James, taking a look at the Jaguars this year, you know, I don't have to tell you they got off to a three and one start, and now they're a four and ten football team. There have been a lot of things, a lot of injuries along the way. Um, you know, taking a look at them, what do you think the Jaguars are trying to accomplish here the rest of the year? Simply put, what they are trying to accomplish, especially on offense, uh, basically they are trying to find out who are their playmakers going forward. As you said, they've suffered a lot of injuries, uh, most notably on the offensive line. Uh, They have three starters, and that would be uh, Brandon Linder, Cam Robinson, and uh, it's Andrew Norwell, Andrew I had a brain fart. Yeah, I had a brain fart there. But <laughs> those three are on IR, and, you know, they basically have a makeshift unit. And what they basically need to do as of the next two games is find out which guys on that makeshift unit are worth keeping as number twos because basically the whole line is their backup unit at this point. So you have guys like Eric Flowers, who you guys are familiar with, went to the University of Miami, former first-round pick, went to uh, the New York Giants, spent time with Tom Coughlin up in New York. He's a guy that, you know, they may be eyeing to see if he'll be a serviceable number two left tackle behind Cam Robinson. And then you have some other guys like Josh Wells, who was just uh, brought off of IR this week or last week, should I say. And he's a guy that, you know, they may be eyeing to see, like, if he's worth keeping further in the future as their swing tackle. Uh, they had him a few years now. And and the, the same applies for the rest of their guys in, in the backup role, like Patrick Omame and, and uh, Tyler Shatley. So that'll be most sure. important in the um, with the offensive line. In terms of the receivers, you know, they, they need to see uh, what they have more out of D.D. Westbrook, who has been phenomenal this season, granted the circumstances. And uh, basically, you know, they, they I guess they have to see if he's more along the lines of a number one or number two guy, because aside from him, they haven't really got any production out of the receiver spot. And then lastly, 
at running back, they need to see what they have behind Leonard Fournette. A guy that I'm going to be watching is um, Williams. His last name by uh, what is is uh, David Williams. David Williams. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm slipping up today. David Williams. Oh, you're good. They added him from the Broncos practice squad not too long ago. He's a guy that had a very good game last week. He actually outrushed Leonard Fournette. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he has the upside because he is a rookie. And he's a guy that they can keep at a low cap figure next year as opposed to, you know, like a T.J. Yeldon who's on his last year and, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde who they spent the first-round pick on this year but hasn't been very productive and uh, would would be a very hefty cap figure for them next year. So they got to see what they have in the young book and and see yeah. if they can find a number two behind Fournette. And, James, let's stick on that. I understand Leonard Fournette has been practicing this week. Do you mm-hmm. see him being the bell cow again this week, or do you think, or do you see those snaps being distributed a little bit more evenly at running back? Yeah, I can see him definitely being a, a bell cow guy. Uh, then again, he was upset last week. They did. It was a span, I want to say the whole third quarter, that he didn't see a snap on the field and didn't get a um, – a, a touch or a carry, if you will. So he was upset about that. Needless to say, even though he did a good job of not expressing that. Uh, but that being said, you know they they have to have a 100 yard game out of him to win this game. So you would expect him to maybe see a lot of touches. But at the same time, as I said with Williams, they do also need to see what they have behind Fournette because they're coming up to a point where they're going to have to have an overhaul at the running back position. And Williams is a guy, especially, uh, that could be a number two behind Fournette in the future. You bet. And at the quarterback spot, they made a change a few weeks ago. Cody Kessler is the starting quarterback, not Blake Bortles. A massive turnaround from last year when, well, I'm not going to say Bortles led them to the AFC championship, but was the quarterback when they were in the AFC title game. Kessler had 57 yards passing last week only against the Redskins. Obviously, you've lost. Both of your tight ends for the year, you know, four out of the five offensive linemen are not going to play in this game. What is the impression so far on Kessler? Is it the feeling he's a career backup or that his lack of performance is because of the parts around him? Yeah, he, he's definitely a career backup, and, and I'm sure most Jags fans would agree that, you know, he certainly isn't their future starter. Uh, maybe he can prove to be their future backup in the last, in the, the next two games uh, as of yet. But he hasn't really shown that right now. And, I mean, a lot of it, you you know, you can't blame. It's a lot of things wrong with this offense, and you can't necessarily blame him for it. As you said, the offensive line is down three starters and four, if you include Jeremy Parnell, who's on the injury report this week. And, basically, they haven't blocked well for him. And not only that, yeah. though, it's been times where, you know, Uh, He's feeling the pressure earlier than he should, you know, and that's because, you know, they're allowing a lot of pressure and he's dipping his head and, and, you know, taking the ball down too soon. So, you know, he's a guy that hasn't really shown much. I mean, yes, he does offer more than Blake Bortles in terms of, you know, touch and accuracy when he can drop back in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, But at the same time, uh, the, the pressure has really gotten to him. Uh, in terms of what they've allowed. He's been hit over 20 times since becoming the starter week 13. And he is a guy that I think, like, these two games are going to be important for him to show that he can at least be a serviceable backup for the Jags or another team for that matter. 
Jay, looking on the defensive side of the ball, obviously this is the unit that took the Jaguars to the AFC title game last year, and a lot of those pieces still remain in place. I mean, I think the common misperception is that the Jaguars' defense has have taken a huge step back from last year, but I'm looking at their stats. I mean, they're sixth overall in total defense. They're the quarterback rating that they've allowed to opposing quarterbacks is fourth best in the league. They're okay against the run, and, you know, they still have their stars in Calais Campbell, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, everything. So, having said that, how does this defense for the 2018 Jaguars stack up against last year's? Well, I think the biggest difference with this defense as opposed to last year's is they put up an astronomical amount of uh, sacks as well as they put up an astronomical amount of turnovers as well. This year, the turnover margin is, is way worse. Uh, right now, as of today, they are negative 12 in terms of the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Last year, they finished the regular season almost on the opposite end of that. They were like positive 10. They were a top five group in that in that category. And needless to say, that helped out the offense a lot because they were getting a lot of fumbles, and a lot of which were pick sixes and, you know, a lot of just turnovers that, helped the game, turned the tide of the games that they were in last year. This year, they haven't had that. And also, you, you did hit the, the nail on the head. They still are a good defensive unit. Nonetheless, they aren't stacking the quarterback as much as they were before, but they are getting good pressure on the quarterback. So that hasn't really been a, a glaring issue, allowing you know teams to really carve them up from the pocket. Uh, but nonetheless, they are a group that they they aren't – I won't say – they are a bad group, but they are certainly not what they were or, or in that elite caliber that they were last year. So looking at the matchups now, what do you think the Jaguars have to do on either offense or defense to defeat the Dolphins this game? Definitely. Uh, on offense, they definitely have to get Leonard Fournette going. He's been, uh, he hasn't been himself since he's come back from, you know, his injury and suspension. And that's probably because, you know, of his, you know, lack of time on the field. So that being said, he hasn't looked like himself. You know, he at times he's missing holes. Uh, he's not shooting gap quick enough. And he even admitted that, you know, he could be in, in better shape, so to speak. So that being said, he has to have a 100-yard game. He has to get back to his old dominant self for the Jaguars to win. And he must amass 100 yards and amass uh, more than four yards per carry because it hasn't been pretty for him as of late. So I think that's the biggest key factor. And they also, you know, they need to lean on D.D. Westbrook's ability after the catch because, as I've said, they don't really have a lot of time to sit back in the pocket and throw the ball with the condition of the offensive line. Uh, So those would be the two key elements that I would lean on uh, to win this game. And finally, Jay, what is your prediction for this Sunday? Uh, My personal prediction, I actually told Antoine this who we spoke on before uh, we went on the air uh, because we did a a Q&A. But um, I'm going to go with a score of 17 to 14, and that's in favor of the Dolphins. Uh, That being said, I do think the Jaguars' defense, if they don't get out-schemed, because that's been an issue this year with defensive coordinator Todd Wash. Sometimes the savvy offensive coordinators like Adam Gates can out-scheme him, and it's, it's been an issue here and there, like sporadically throughout the season. So if he doesn't get out-schemed by Todd Wash, the defense, of course, will keep it close. I don't think the Dolphins will get more than 20 points uh, in, in this game if they don't get out-schemed. 
And that being said, though, I don't think the Jaguars have the offensive firepower to beat the Dolphins if they can get more than two touchdowns and a couple of field goals. Because as I said, the offensive line isn't in the best state. You know, it's, it's a bunch of makeshift guys there. Uh, Leonard Fournette hasn't had his best year. And uh, the issues with Cody Kessler, of course, that we've already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the line on this game, the over-under is 38 points. So Vegas certainly agrees with that type of prediction right there, 17 to 14. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty safe to say in this that the team that does run the ball more effectively and wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. Because I, I don't see the Dolphins throwing the ball all over the yard. I don't see the Jaguars doing that either. So that's, I think, where the game is going to come down to. Jay, I appreciate you uh, joining us here uh, tonight to give us some insight on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is an editor for the USA Today for the Jaguars, their Jaguars Wire, and you can also follow him on Twitter at sportsgrind underscore Don. Be sure to go over there and give him a follow. He has great Jaguars content throughout the year. A lot of good insight if you're looking to refresh yourself on this Jaguars-Dolphins matchup too. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Jaguar sideline. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not in the right side and it's not in the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big